the Shattered Order Podcast. If you're looking for Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes news, information, and theory crafting, you've found the podcast you're looking for. Hey, we don't serve their kind here. With your hosts, Good night, punk. Doesn't like you. And Rim Killer Inc. I don't like you either. You just watch yourself. We'll want it men. I have the death sentence on 12 systems. I'll be careful. You'll be dead! This week, we're looking at information that trickled down in the past few weeks while we wait for the devs to finish their hard-earned vacations and get back to the grind in the new year. Is Resistance viable now? 24-hour tournaments? All this and more. And I'm going to start the pod. Welcome to the 26th episode of... Wait, this isn't the 26th, 27th episode of the Shattered Order Podcast. I'm your host, Goodnight Punk, and with me as always is my good friend, Wink. What's up, Wink? Oh, well, uh, not a lot. It's uh, It's been a while since we talked. Has been. Very Christmassy in the past two weeks. Yeah, stuff's been crazy busy, so weren't able to yeah. get together and put an episode out last week, so... Oh, well. I would much rather have recorded a podcast than drove for 12 hours, I can tell you that much. That's totally fair. That's understandable. (laughs) Driving two hours kills me. It's terrible. Oh, man. Yeah, it's rough, especially when you got three two-year-old triplets in the back seat and a six-year-old and a dog. Oh, man. Sounds like a circus. Sounds like National Lampoon's vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. You got big uh, New Year's plans tonight? I'm um, having a party at my house, having some friends over, so we're going to hang out, watch football, and do a little bit of drinking, and that's pretty much it. Sounds like a good time to me. What about you? I get to go to work. Ooh, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm going to be making uh, Intel chips for everyone's computers while they're all uh, drinking and being merry. So. Oh, good deal. We uh, We need people like you. <laughs> All these computers running the world. What yeah. would happen if we stopped making chips for one day? We quit <laughs> podcasting too. That'd be sad. <laughs> yeah, we'd have to write letters and make copies and send them to everyone. <laughs> yep. Oh, this year's uh, letter cast is out. Yeah, that'd Sweet. be fun. <laughs> I don't know if I would read it. To be honest, it would be boring as hell. Yeah, nobody'd read it. <laughs> Well, not a whole lot of stuff going on the past few weeks. There was a few updates, but, you know, they were just little tidbits. But uh, the first thing I want to ask you was your thoughts, because we haven't talked about this since the last podcast we did. These new tournaments at 24 Hours, what do you, what do you think about them? Really liking it. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's a hell of a lot better than the 48-hour uh, slugfest that it was before, or however long it was. Uh, yeah, it's 24-hour things. Much better. And with the way they do it, the currency on it, the matches, you don't 
do near as many. Um, so it's a little bit more about currency management rather than just spending a lot of time in battle. So I like all that. Very happy. Yeah, and it kind of makes the the thing they said when it first came out about having deep squads important too, right? Yes, definitely. Because you can spend a ton of ally points and still be relevant in the tournament, or you can use a bunch of teams and spend a lot less ally points and be good in it. So I've been on one end of that as opposed to the other, and it's still viable and works. So I think it works good. You just got to pick the tournaments that you want to be in, you know, because we're not getting the, we're getting ally points faster than we ever were before. But they're coming at us so fast now, within weeks, yeah. that it's kind of hard to build those ally points back up. And you want a lot for certain tournaments that you want to do. So yep. picking and choosing your tournaments is important. So, for, for sure. example, I had about 270K before the Gin tournament, and I knew I wanted her. So I spent, you know, 48, 48 hours, 24 hours, and I spent about... 225,000 point ally points between probably three teams and I was able to get up to 48 and unlock Jin at four stars awesome with the Congrats. 10 shards so I didn't know yeah, I was pretty happy with that yeah I got got that in that first tournament used all my most of my ally points so I'm kind of saving them back up she's coming back again so I plan to try to level her up to five stars this next month so. Oh, yeah. That's pretty awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, I, thanks. My strategy so far has just been, I've been spending about 10000 per tournament just to get rewards. Uh, the past two tournaments I've finished in the 990s. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been really, really close to getting kicked out of that top 1,000, but I've still finished up there. So that's kind of a relief. But uh, I'm holding off for the tournament that starts Sunday evening, um, Vader's. Vader's tie, I want that. Uh, yep. you know, to I remember that was the the one you were looking forward to. Yep. Try to and you saved your ally points to that one, right? Yep. I think I've got kind of the whole strategy there. Three hundred something saved up, so I'll probably spend right. whatever I have to to do well in that one. Yeah, for sure. And it sounds like you and me were going the same way as far as ones we weren't fully invested in because i was just trying to get top 1002 on those uh, in the cassian tournament just to make sure i get that gearbox yep and the credits and i wound up in the 950s i think and i think i spent about t- maybe twenty thousand. so it wasn't too bad nice. ally point wise to stay there so i mean that's yeah, a, it's not, that's a lot better use of ally points than spending them on the uh, bronzy packs. I mean, if you're spending that little and still finishing there, it's hard to go wrong due to the credits, the omegas, gear, all that stuff. It's, I think that's a way to go. Totally, and twenty thousand's only four days of dailies too. So, yep, it's really not that bad. Yep, that so. is true. So I will say this: I still am not a huge fan of the way characters are implemented in tournaments, but as far as doing tournaments, if you take that part out of it, this is way better than anything they've done, I think. Yeah. This is a lot so of it's fun. It's not as much it's, of a right? It's a good way to keep people active in it and, you know, not be too much of a total time sink like it was. So. 
I agree. Definitely. So very happy. Cool. Definitely. Well, we got some mini updates here in the past uh, two weeks. Kind of go over some of the little bit of information they had in them. Uh, the January daily login character is Finn, and I'm really not surprised considering that they just reworked him, right? Yep. There was some. Uh, this was already announced, but people were already talking this past week about Leia being the login character for January, but. Yeah, we'll talk about something that was said on Reddit a that little bit well. later about Leia. Yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised to see her the character for February because they probably already had this implemented, like in the updates or whatever. And then uh, mm-hmm. I, I would not be a bit surprised if Leia is the February character. Yep, that'd be not surprising. That'd be three straight so months finding... of shard shop currency for me. Yeah. Well. Boba wasn't for me, but he actually helped me. But the, yeah, Finn won't be for me either. Oh, right. So <laughs> I don't have Finn. I don't even have him unlocked. So that's smart. This is about the only way you should get him is as a freebie. So, <laughs> spoiler for our Finn talk later. <laughs> the yep. uh, gin tournament is returning on January 9th. I kind of alluded to that. So, they kind of made a change to the schedule. That kind of goes into the other point that I got from this uh, update. But Jin was added in on January 9th, which is a Monday to Tuesday tournament. So you can go get more Jin shards. So hopefully I can get high enough again to get mine to five stars, and I would be happy with that. But the other thing that happened is Cassian Andor's U-Wing ship tournament went away. And that was kind of a surprise. But he was kind of surprised that he had a ship and there was a tournament for it in the to begin with. I think we were saying last time. So, yeah. But I don't know why. So this is what I'm trying to figure out why that went away, right? I, I'm thinking maybe yeah. there might have been some backlash there. I don't know if that's why it went away, but there was definitely some backlash once they gave a little bit more information about his ship because it required. So let's say Biston's Ewing. It takes Bastan and Scar for Rebel Pathfinder, right? And you have to have both of them to use the ship. Yep. This one, Cassian's ship required Cassian, Jin, and KTSO to use. That's a pretty gigantic wall to be able to use that ship. Yeah, Especially sure. if it's unlocked with an ass ton of work in a tournament, you know? Yep. And for so, the iOS users who don't even have K2SO. Yeah, so you've already knocked out half the people that would want to participate in this tournament because they don't have K2. And, yeah, and then excluded those that didn't place top 100 in the Cassian Andor or Jin tournament because they don't have them. Or unless they bought the $100 pack that had both of them, they wouldn't be able to do it. I mean, there's just a lot of limiting factors to that ship if that was the case, you know? Yeah. And for that reason, I mean, I wouldn't have had a problem with them going ahead and releasing the tournament anyway, honestly, because it's, I mean, if that's, that probably factors into people wanting these characters somewhat is to get their ship. So go ahead and throw the Mm -hmm. ship out there and then, you know, people can try to get the ship and then work on the characters if they want to. But, oh, well. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm 
constantly surprised by the amount of people that use ships as one of their main motivating factors in this game. Like, I know that there are a lot of people that love the ships and they just want characters because they want their ships to do high in arena, which is fine. People can do that. It's just not a motivating factor for me in this game, I guess. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. But I agree. But if those guys want to use those alloy points on that ship and not for the other tournaments, I would, if that's why it stayed, I'd be happy with them to burn out all those alloy points so that they didn't have them for Jin or yeah. the TIE Fighter. You know. Totally agree. So, but for those iOS users, they can rejoice now because their want for K2SO has been granted. So that was sarcasm because this news is not going to blow you away. K2SO replaced Baze in the shard shop for a limited yep. time. Very exciting. <laughs> yeah, I would much rather... I didn't, but if Baze was there, I would much rather buy his shards than K2SO's in there. Because Totally agree. At least getting Baze to three stars, you could use them. K2SO, yep. he's really not regarded as that great of a tune. And to open him at two stars, or three stars, whatever he unlocks at, pretty much the only reason that you might want to do that on iOS is to use his ship. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's true. So... I don't think too many people were excited to see him go in there, but well, for those iOS users that have a ass ton of charge shop currency, some of the whales, maybe they're happy with it. So, well, I honestly thought the whole reason why we're, they were doing that was because of the Cassian Andor ship tournament. That was my first thought, but yeah, well, that made sense. Not for the case. Well, it's funny because the well. Yeah, this was announced in the same update that they canceled the ship tournament for Cassian Andor. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. Do not know. But we did get more information on the Droid Fight Back event, the one that was was it iOS specific last time or Android? I can't remember. Uh, I think I remember doing that one, so I believe it was iOS. Yeah, so it's not the same one that iOS users saw last time because Capgas gave us information on this tournament. So it will still require droids. So that's not changing. But with that, that doesn't mean you can use Java. So it's strictly droids. Hmm. And as we know, there's seven of them. And most people don't have a full five-star squad or five a full five squad of high-level android or droids, I don't think, at least, you know. But there's still some good news to that, but we'll get down to that. So now it has seven tiers, including a bonus tier. So it's got six tiers to start and then the bonus tier. And it's pretty much the same exact setup as the K2SO tournament that was or event that was on Android. If, I know you didn't get to do it, but... For those on Android that are listening, they know how that was set up. So there was six uh, regular event tiers, and then the seventh tier was the bonus tier. And it's the same for this as it was for that event. Now, all Jawas are available as rewards now instead of just Jawa and Dotcha. So the last time I was around, there were only two Jawas to reward shards from. But now you'll get an equal chance to get 
shards from any of the five jaws that are available now. So That's shard good. shop currency for me, but for those still working on jaws, this is a pretty awesome way to uh, grab some Jawa shards. Yep, totally for agree. Not, not, and those lower levels in it, especially for the K2SO one, easy to get through there and break into some shards. So yep. that'll be good. Tier six, tiers above six, level 60 have been rebalanced for mods. Not surprising. It's pretty much the way it was for the K2SO tournament. Anything above 60 was a little harder because the guys were now modded, but weren't so terrible that you couldn't do it. It was just when you got to that bonus tier, it was real hard. And each tier has three encounters instead of one. So not one wave, but three. And tiers one through six require three droids. So this is the part where it becomes playable for everyone, right? Pretty much. Tiers yeah. one through six require three droids. So this is pretty much easy to get if you have IG-88, IG-86, or HK-47. Yep. And I'm assuming if you have them geared up, you could probably roll through three phases up until the bonus tier with those three because they're pretty powerful. But tier seven is the one that'll probably not get beaten by a lot of people unless they focus on droids because it is requires five droids. And bonus tiers are always hard. So yeah. unless you got five of these seven ready to go it's going to be hard and android inherently has an, a leg up on this because there's seven total droids but only six of them are really available to everyone yeah. and that's b2 grievous ig88 ig86 hk47 ig100 magna guard and k2so yeah so i really wish i had k2so at seven star because you know i'd have maybe a shot at that bonus tier, but uh, I've just started farming B2 as much as I hated to do it. Um, <laughs> but he is probably not going to be anywhere near ready by this point, so. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, the good news for me is the only reason I want to complete it is to get my Vader shards, and I don't think you have to beat the bonus tier to get the achievement, so. Oh, yeah. I'm okay with that. So once I beat tier six, then I will be good to go. So very nice. Yep. And then there's one last thing they had on the that Capgas put in the description for this event. He said, "This is the first event to use the new style guide for event descriptions and naming." So probably not a game changing thing, changing how you play the game exactly. But I'm intrigued to see what that means for how it looks and the descriptions that they put into this because some of these events, you know, like if you look at the cha daily challenges, it tries to give you a hint on how to beat it, which are pretty helpful. I'm wondering oh, yeah. if they expand on that to try to say, here's the bonus tier. It's super hard, but here's a hint on what the best way to complete it is. So I'm interested. Hmm. Yeah. I do not know. We will see. Uh, I don't have any, I have no idea what to think, so. <laughs> he seemed pretty excited about it, so we'll see what it is. But I got a new thing I want to try to start doing. Probably can't start doing it every week. Check on on the Reddit. Just kind of a it-came-from-Reddit type deal, because the devs are always on there talking and responding to people. 
So let's just kind of talk about some of the things that those guys have been saying this week. Capital Method, the guy that's, I believe he's with the raid guy. He hasn't had anything to say this week, probably a staying away and enjoying his vacation. But Capgasp had a few things to say. <laughs> so, as always, very good with the community. Yep. Someone asked for a character acquisition plan to know where and when characters may be released to farmable areas. I like this idea, but it seems impossible to implement. So, basically, someone was asking, hey, we're all saving up currencies. We all want to see new characters. We want to know where they're going. Is there any way that you can give us information like the event schedule, but for characters? And I don't know about you, but it would be awesome to know, hey, in January, there's a guy that's going to go to Cantina Shipments. So yep. wait for that. Or And maybe not so much straight Embo is coming to Cantina. Like, not specific details, but saying someone is going there. It yep. doesn't matter if it's what would be cool. And Capgas' response to that Reddit post was mentioning he would talk to Cozy Spoon and EA Jesse about speaking to those things in general ter- terms and updates so people know someone may be going to a shipment area or something else well before it happens. But he made no promises on that, so... I think it would be really cool if he were able to give that information to them. And somehow, in the future updates, we saw things like we were just talking about. Yeah, that'd be great. Because a lot of people just saving up currency or spending it to convert and, you know, convert to a shard shop currency. And, I mean, if there's going to be someone there, it'd be nice to know in advance so you could at least start saving up a little bit. Rather than just having it drop on you and being like, oh, shit, I want this character, but... Yeah, but now I got no uh, currency because I've been buying ship currency or yep. ship ability mats and those types of things. So yep. be really cool. And a little kind of under the hood information about uh, Java Engineer. And I haven't really come across this because I don't use them in Arena. But they were talking about Java Engineer's AI in Arena and other places, how it will try to revive dead allies that aren't droids by using his revive ability, which obviously will not pull up another Jawa or anyone else that's not a droid. So he was saying that all revives are technically the same under the hood. So he said this one has a special subclass to target droids, but the AI is functioning as it was designed to in that if any ally is dead before the abilities on cooldown, it will be used. So it's not a bug. It's just the way that the revive works. And the fact that it doesn't bring up a droid, while annoying, is something that they know it does, but don't have a way to fix it right now. And something interesting about that is you can almost use that to your advantage if you're attacking a droid team. So if you have, you know, several characters that are low on health and one of them's not a droid, maybe take that one out first. That way he'll waste it on... Someone that won't revive. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's a good strategy piece if you see someone, like, running a character in there, like maybe Boba Fett or, you know, someone of those strong characters that people just throw into random teams if they don't have someone else ready to go with them. Yep. You could definitely use that to your advantage. 
also did some insight into class tags. Someone is asking about some of the newer rebel characters being labeled as, I think Chirrut was the example since he's labeled an attacker, I believe. But people were asking why he is not also listed as a healer, considering he adds so many damn hots on everyone. And Cap Gasp's answer was adding a second tag to characters that seem to fit several classes would, quote, break many things. <laughs> yeah, that, and that kind of makes sense, too, because there, there would be a lot of characters getting, you know, unique bonuses or whatever that they maybe shouldn't. Um, I don't know oh, what imagine. else it could break outside of that, but, I mean... Uh, Cassian's unique... Okay. For the start of the battle, we would add double buffs to people. Yeah. Because you know how his gives rebel attackers this, rebel supports this, and rebel tanks this. Yeah. Those people would, everyone would be doubling up. Yeah, that's a good point. That's just one example, I think. So I'm sure there's more to it than that. But yeah, I could see how that would become a nightmare to try to implement that with everyone. Yeah, because yeah, then you have to go back and redo all those characters, you know, basically like an if-then situation on all those. So, Have you ever coded? I'm just curious. Very little. Okay, so I used to, I used to code a lot, and that's the most annoying thing when coding, is if you change one little thing, yep. you just go right down the rabbit hole, and everything beyond that has a chance to have changed and making one little change somewhere else to fix that one thing may break something out. Oh, it's such a nightmare. I know this is yeah. obvious stuff here, but just thinking in my head about trying to make these class double classes on people and how much change would have to go throughout the whole game to fix all the little nuances. Oh, yeah. it makes my head hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and right now, like the game's not broken, so don't do anything that is kind of sketchy like that that's going to break something. Like, I think that's, oh, yeah, for sure. that's a smart move by them. So, yeah, keep, don't mess with it. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Touche. So, there was also a post, uh, you know, after uh, Carrie Fisher had passed away, by the way, very sad. <laughs> Very tough, but yeah, that's be interesting to see how she shows up in the next Star Wars because I think that she had already recorded all her stuff. Yeah, that's that's what I heard. She had already finished filming everything of hers for Episode Eight, so they're gonna have to find a way to take her out of Nine in some way, shape, or form, or do something there. Um, yeah, that's very sad. And then uh, I believe the next day, her mother passed away. Yeah, um, heart attack while planning her funeral so um very very stress sad. is tough man especially when you're older so that's no kidding well someone had mentioned the day after or maybe the day of talking about general leia trying to get general leia put in the game as a memorial or you know adding a zeta to princess leia just to kind of make her more put her more in the forefront at the moment, now that that's happened. And Cap Gasp replied to that post saying 
that everyone is on vacation and they can't just create a character out of thin air since it takes many weeks. But I, what I thought was interesting what he says, and I'm, of course, take it with a grain of salt, but he did say that hopefully they could do something appropriate to honor her memory when everyone returns. So yeah, maybe we'll see something new for Leia in the next month. That would be cool. Uh, maybe give her some sort of buff or maybe make her the next rework in a way. It's funny because she was always so she was so overpowered there for a long time, and now she's so underpowered with you know Biggs and Wedge and everybody. It'd be cool to maybe give her either a Zeta ability or just kind of redo something to make her a little bit more viable with where the game's going. Yeah, definitely, and maybe rework her leader ability because even if you just did that, it would be interesting. I think. Yep, totally agree. So. But yeah, once she started popping up on, once she was free to play in the arena shop, that's when she kind of just started losing her viability because that's about the same time Wedge was introduced, I think. It's like, oh, sweet, Leia, I can get Leia now. I kind of feel like they nerfed her too around that time. I don't know if it was official or not, but I... I just feel like she really has not been near as good. She don't double and triple tap near as much. Because I feel like before, whenever I seen her in Arena, like, you never got hit by her just one time. Every time I use her, she only attacks once or twice, you know? Yeah, So it's rough. That RNG on that triple tap is a nightmare sometimes. Yes, it is. <laughs> we got some one little post from Hidden Spring also. He's the client dev that's always on reddit someone asked about the problem i know i don't know if you've seen this but i've seen it and it annoys the crap out of me so there's a problem with abilities when you look at them their descriptions where like the top half of the ability description is blank and then the bottom half is there but then it may cut off words at the very bottom and you can't scroll to see the rest of them i haven't Have you ever encountered that, that? Huh. oh man it's a nightmare like he mentioned that it might be when you are looking at someone else's character and their description, or a oh. character you don't have yet, and their description. But I've seen it, and okay. it drives me nuts because you can't read it all. But interesting, you mentioned that they're going to change, fix that in an upcoming patch, which will be nice because sometimes you know, before I omega some of my guys, if I'm not near my computer, or I'm in the game and I don't want to go out to look at Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes GG to check these abilities. I just go look at other people's Omega yep. abilities. I do the same thing. And then you can't read them. It's uh, it's a nightmare. Yeah. So it'll be nice once that's fixed. Yeah, that'll be good. Like I said, though, I haven't noticed it. So, But it sounds like something <laughs> that would be much nicer if it was fixed. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm going to find the picture and I'm going to tweet it out on Twitter so people okay. know what I'm talking about. So I don't think I'm crazy, but it's yeah, it's obnoxious. Well, just imagine reading like three quarters of a book, and then the other you couldn't. All the pages were glued together at the end. You can't figure out how it ends. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. Just take yeah. a guess and hope you're right. You hear that honking? I do. Someone's uh, car's getting stolen out in front of my house. I don't want to talk about Suburbs. stuff getting stolen. I got a trailer stolen out of my yard two days before Christmas. I, you know what's funny? I think I remember I've seen. Funny, sorry. 
I remember seeing you had oh. said something about that, but it never registered. So it's what? Someone went into your backyard and took your trailer? Went up my driveway, opened the gate, drove into my backyard, uh, broke the lock off my trailer, connected, and just drove off. Had about three or $4,000 in lumber on it, plus cost of the trailer. and Yeah. Not good. <laughs> that really blows. Well, Merry Christmas to you, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's really nice that you donated your trailer to someone in need, though. I know. It's a shame it didn't have an alarm like that vehicle in your background. <laughs> right? Were you home? <laughs> and no, I wasn't. I wish I would have been. Oh, okay. uh, that oh been, man. If you were home, that would have been for an even more epic story. <laughs> Release the oh, beagles. I, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the attack beagles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would attack not go beagles. well. <laughs> the beagle but. attack run is commencing. <laughs> Uh, yeah sorry man that really stinks yeah so anyway we detoured a little bit (laughs) back back on target (laughs) stay on target so there's a guy on reddit that i didn't even know was there because he hasn't posted in about seven months but i was kind of looking through his history his name is sw pew pew and yes pew pew like little guns. But apparently he's the guy that makes the awesome music in the band in the ship's room. And he made this the, guy's uh, officially my hero. Yeah, <laughs> He made the music. He put the band together. I thought that was cool. I'm hoping to see some more uh, Reddit posts from him soon because sound in a game is, is interesting to me. Definitely. Yeah. I want to get that guy on the podcast. Like, that music is amazing. It's it's so soothing. Well, he, apparently, from the Reddit posts I was reading of his, they wanted to have a bass player in there too, but they it was like making the screen jump or something, so they had to take out the bass player. So like the piano guy is <laughs> doing it all. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. So hopefully, we see oh, some stuff from him that we that. can talk about. But yeah, if you go yeah. on the the other one, CG conduit. He uh, must be on vacation this week. He's the character guy. He was out this week, too. Nothing new from him. But if you go to Reddit, SW Galaxy of Heroes, the Reddit page on the far right, there's a list of the devs that have been in Reddit on our Reddit there. And you can look at all their history there. So if any of the stuff that I mentioned on the show you want to go take a look at and get more information of, that's where it's at. But I'm going to try to look at this stuff once a week put it on the show and just kind of talk about some of the little nuances that uh, they're mentioning there, because sometimes they have some really good information there that we skip over on the show. So, Oh yeah. There's a lot of hidden stuff in what they say. It seems like a lot of times. Oh yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's like those things where you've got to read between the lines or at least try to. And I I love doing that anyway. So it makes for fun things to talk about. For sure. But now, the last thing we want to talk about today, something we were saving for a short week, and this is this is definitely a short week. So, Finn got a rework, right? Are you excited or are you not? Have you used him since the rework? I have. I have not used him. I am considering using him. I am. I've been rebuilding my arena team. 
and uh, I'm considering using Finn because, ironically, right now I'm using Poe and Ray in Arena, and uh, so I'd like Throwing to it back find a with way the to Ray. Yeah, that's um, mainly just kind of been messing around, trying new things, and uh, so I figured Poe and Ray might be fun, but uh, I don't well, know. If, I think I don't know how Finn would fit in, but well. I was about to say, some of these changes we're about to talk about, they added some synergy there with Poe and Finn, so that'll be, they did. might be interesting to try at least, so. Yep. So go ahead and get into it then. I don't know cool. what Crack Shot's damage was like before, but apparently they added more damage to it and more bonus damage. And Crack Shot, apparently, if you shoot someone that hasn't been shot with it yet, it's his basic move. Then it has bonus yep. bonus damage, and it does a hundred percent bonus damage. So the numbers I saw on this didn't look too incredibly high. I think it was around four thousand to five thousand. But uh, add a hundred percent onto that for the first time you hit someone. That's that can get pretty good. Yep. But that, it's even never been that, that great. But yeah, I would say even with that extra hundred percent, now your your bonus shot is a is one bigs or wedge shot. <laughs> you know? Yeah, pretty much. Yep. So. But. But he also gives, you know, having him in there gives, I mean, he's almost like a uh, a wedge for Rebels, you know, in that he gives the 30% offense. So he, oh, yeah. he might kind of have a place because, I mean, Ray's not really used, but she's still a hell of a hitter and, Give it give well, her 30% and never know. Yeah, once we go over these his regular abilities here, he's got a Zeta now, and we can talk a little bit about that because mm-hmm. you just mentioned Ray, and his new Zeta makes for some interesting moves there. But as yep. far as his for sure. one of his specials called Takedown, added an ex- increased chance to expose and stun with Takedown. So it's deal physical damage to target enemy and expose them for two turns with an 80% chance to stun them for one turn. So not only are you exposing them, but you also have a pretty good chance to stun them. So that's pretty cool. I always like the stun the stun moves. But on yep, top of stuns that... Stuns are awesome. Um, that expose is pretty awesome, especially with Poe when you throw in resistance trooper, because he has a move where he gets turn meter whenever someone's exposed. So all the more chance to expose with Finn can help your resistance trooper go a lot faster. So that's definitely good. That could be kind of interesting. Well, I was talking with some of the people in the guild this week about possible uses for resistance trooper. Now that, Expose is such a prevalent thing in some of these new rebel teams. So, like Jin and Cassian, you get a lot of exposes, right? Yeah. Well, if you throw a resistance trooper in there, all those exposes going out are going to get him going a lot off more often. So, and he's got some good moves now because he was updated also to work with Finn better, but it also helped him to work with other people better. So, yeah. Cool. Hold the line 
His other special now grants increased healing and shares that healing with Poe. So the healing he used to get is better, and Poe gets it also. And additionally, the Omega upgrade for this ability gives Finn the ability to dispel all debuffs from all allies. So basically, he got a move similar to Akbar, where takes all the debuffs off and heals. But only heal him and Poe, but I have to say, anytime you can get a, a debuff for your team on anyone, that's a pretty big deal. And I think that's yes. awesome. I totally agree. This, I mean, that was uh, the move that really made him kind of worthless, I think. Because mm-hmm. I think before it, um, you know, it healed and gave him defense up or something. It was almost like a waste of a turn if you were using yeah, them on defense sure. or whatever. So now it, um, I'd be curious to know how the AI actually uses it. If the AI only does it whenever there are buffs or if him or Poe need health. Um, under those circumstances, I think it would be super interesting because, I mean, there's not a whole lot of characters that remove debuffs, and it seems mm-hmm. like or at least in my arena, that's kind of what everyone's going to are debuff teams. Super yeah, for frustrating. Sure. And uh, people that remove debuffs are always, always welcome. Especially even even so in the tank raid, right? Because oh, yeah. Akbar, he's cool. Sometimes I use him to do that, but let's say Barris in Phase 1 gets used a lot because of her special that gets rid of debuffs at the end of her turn on one character. And being able to do that more than once because they stack up so freaking quick is awesome. So if you had, yep. like, used your Jedis and then you made another team with an, this guy and maybe Resistance Trooper, who we'll talk about, where you could do it twice, that would be a good way to stack damage pretty quick. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's that's a huge upgrade, though, to get that Omega on him to dispel all debuffs. And not to mention, they gain he gains advantage also, along yep. with the defense up. So, pretty sweet. And the heal over time, 20% heal over time for him and Poe for two turns. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you have to get those hots out. Yep. Helpful. Balance Tactics has been reworked to grant more offense, so his leader ability will give more offense than it was before, so that's good. And much more defense, who cares? I mean, I guess people do care, but I don't ever really see that do much. But ability also grants a brand new Zeta upgrade, giving your resistance allies more synergy with Foresight and Expose. So now... Right now, if you don't have an Omega, it's Resistance Allies gain 30% offense and 60% defense. That 30% offense is nice. I like that. Yes. 60% defense, bonus, but really not something I would build an arena team around. But that offense, definitely. But you throw the Zeta on there. Whenever a Resistance Ally loses Foresight, hello, Ray, they gain advantage mm-hmm. for two turns. And whenever an enemy takes damage from Expose, Expose, which Finn does and Poe does, and I believe Resistance Trooper does, 
reduce the cooldowns of all resistance allies by one and grant them 35% turn meter. Now, one thing I'm wondering on this, it says whenever an enemy takes damage from exposed. So if you have two enemies exposed and you AOE and they both take damage from that, does it compound and reduce cooldowns by two and give 70% turn meter? Or does it only do it one time? That's kind of the big thing that I want to know because if it compounds like that, (laughs) Finn could be really, really useful before too long. Oh, yeah, definitely. Especially if you were to stack those expose guys in there. And then on top of that, the uh, foresight for Ray giving her advantage. Yep. So, so you could you could have Ray attack and then have Poe go and then have someone do an AOE and Ray's going again almost. So Yeah, definitely. Along with the exposes that hit would bring resistance trooper up in turn meter just from his unique, along with the turn meter from the expose from Finn's Zeta leader. I mean you could have people going real quick that way. Oh yeah. Yep. Not to mention that what we'll get into now is you also have Finn can debuff all enemy or debuff all clear the debuffs on your team, but resistance trooper gained an Omega upgrade to opportune strike that now dispels all buffs from the target enemy as well as adding 15% damage. So not only can you debuff your team with, with Finn, you can debuff a player you choose on the other team with resistance trooper. So you can take out taunts. You can pull off two times crit on Lando. You can definitely makes resistance trooper a little bit more useful with that because it's deep. Opportune strike now is this, right? Deal physical damage to target enemy and dispel all buffs on them with a 50% chance of inflicting speed down for two turns. This ability's cooldown is reduced by two if the target is suffering any negative status effects. So, if they have a negative status effect, you've got a debuff that only takes two turns to use. Which sounds really good to me. Yeah, for because sure. when you use Kaigon Gens, waiting for it to come around again, sometimes sucks. If you can well, get this it, guy's down to two turns, that'd be uh, awesome. Is it, I thought Qui-Gon's was two also, or is it three? Is it? Maybe I'm just thinking it takes too long because mine's slow. That's fine. Yeah, maybe, maybe you should speed him up. I am getting on there to check right <laughs> now. I was actually... I used Qui-Gon the other day in Arena. and uh, Three yeah, turn. Yeah, it's... Yep. Three turn. So. Yep. So, it is... Inherently, it's one shorter than his, but if he can do it on someone with a debuff, which a lot of teams now are throwing out a lot of debuffs, then he can be going every two turns, which is yep. pretty sweet. And can definitely take down some of those auto-taunts. Also. Those are annoying. <laughs> we don't get into uh, the new Rebels on this podcast. <laughs> I don't want to make yeah. everyone mad. I really need to finish Sunfock and, you know, start gearing him so I can start using him because that would be really useful sometimes. Oh, yeah, get that taunt or that that debuff out there r- real 
real quick. Yep. So that's what happened to Resistance Trooper now to help rework him for Resistance Squads along with the rework for Finn. But Poe got some too. And one of his moves also makes Finn more interesting to me. So Poe, one of his changes was Stand Firm bonuses also granted to Finn. And also Upgrade 6 becomes whenever Poe loses Taunt, Finn gains Taunt for one turn. So his Stand Firm gives 22% potency and recover 7.5% of max health whenever resisting a negative status effect. So he'll get 22% tenacity. Just gets it straight up, and then he'll recover health whenever he resists a negative status effect. So Poe and Finn will both get that. But I think the cool part there is Finn has a lot of health, doesn't he? Uh, He's listed as a tank, isn't he? Yeah, but he's not super healthy for a tank. He's okay. Gotcha. Well, anytime you get a bonus taunt in there, it sounds pretty damn good to me, especially if... So that basically makes Poe's taunt an extra turn. And if Poe's out of health and Finn's still got protection, Finn's, or Poe's not losing the health. It's now Finn, which can elongate how long these two guys are alive. Yep. And I think that's pretty sweet. So putting them two together Great. just became something worth doing, especially with yep. the other, the heal from Finn. But his other move, I, resistant bravado. Oh, go ahead. What's up? I was going to say, I, I'm kind of antsy to test out uh, Finn and Poe together. I may try it in Galactic War, but uh, that the fact that he makes Finn taunt is going to be pretty interesting because Finn's fairly tanky also so yeah that's what I was saying I mean and you know he's got some his his health is 26,000 and his protection is 28,000 base so with mods wow. he can be pretty tanky so nice get, getting the taunt onto him after Poe can leave some of your glass cannons unexposed for a lot. One extra turn, which can turn into two extra turns depending on turn meter. So that's a pretty nice upgrade. And then Poe got another one, Resistance Bravado. Omega now changes it to taunt for two turns and remove 25% turn meter from each enemy with a 65% chance to also expose them for two turns. Inflict buff immunity for two turns on primary target. So the exposed chance went up 15% and added buff immunity to main target for two turns. That's awesome. And I know you always like to use them to try to get those exposes out, so adding 15% chance to do that is real nice. I don't feel like there's 15% more chance, though, because like I said, I've been using them, and I really haven't noticed a huge difference, but... uh... Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> trial and error I guess just figure out whether or not uh, whether or not it works I haven't seen yeah. any videos really yet on Finn so hopefully we can see some from Smithy or Arnold or some of those are more prominent YouTube guys Yep, trying them out so that'd be cool yeah for sure but I'm interested 
I'm more interested in Finn now than I was before. So, well, there was never Probably a reason be to be interested him before. In, the only reason I was interested in him before was for speed mod challenge. Yep. But now, if I did have to farm him for that, there might be more of a reason to keep him around. So, true. And now that I just got Poe to seven stars, you know, having his buddy with them doesn't seem too bad an idea. Agreed. So. <laughs> Interesting. Well, if you out there listening have Finn and you have him up there and his abilities and mods and gear and a Poe and want to try it out and tell us how it goes, I would love to hear about it. Tell me or if sucks. you have cool. any videos. Tell me it's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Video? Even better. Let me watch the madness. Yep. I'm in. So. All right. Uh, one last thing before we go. Uh, we thought this would be kind of fun to do, uh, something a little bit different, and to say thanks to all of our listeners, basically. Uh, and also shout out to Ron Paul Bunyan in our guild who's helping us out on this. Yep, uh, definitely appreciate it, buddy. What we're going to do is it's going to be this week and next week. We're going to do two questions this week and then two questions next week. Each question will be worth a $10 card for either iTunes or Android. We have uh, two iTunes cards, and then the other two can be whichever, however, you know, uh, people answer. Um, We're basically going to do the first person to answer, uh, answer correctly. We'll get it. What you're going to have to do is... Answer the question along with what episode number you got the answers from. So, and all you got to do is send a DM to our Twitter account at yep. Shattered Order. I have the DMs open, so even if we don't follow you, you can answer the question to try to win. And the first people to answer it correctly, since there's timestamps, we'll know and we can get you your card if you get it right. So we got two trivia questions this week and two next week. Yep. So and we will well, announce let's see how much the, you know. We will announce on the Twitter page whenever, as soon as we figure out that someone's answered them correctly. That way, you know, once they've both been answered, people don't have to keep DMing and guessing. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Question number one: Who were the two theory crafted tunes that we created early in the podcast? Besides Jedi Luke and General Kenobi. Ooh. And we need, we need the answer. We need both tunes as long as what episode number that happened in. And then our second question is, who are the only two Shattered Order podcast guests? Uh, so far. <laughs> so far. That is correct. We need to know who they were and what episodes each of them appeared in. You have to tell us so-and-so appeared in episode blank and so-and-so appeared in episode blank. That format. There it is. So Good enough for me. I'm excited to see who gets it first. Yeah, me too. See how long it takes. <laughs> yep, for sure. Cool. Well, short week this week. Not a lot of in- short week. 
short meaning two weeks. That felt short because there was not a lot of information, but hopefully with the new year, we'll get some new stuff and some new information for you guys to talk about. Yep. If not, we will pull it out of the nether and uh, still be good to go. So Hopefully get back into the groove and hopefully we're a little bit less rusty next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Two weeks off, man. No kidding. Gets rusty. Yep. Well, uh, everyone, hope you have a happy new year, and uh, we will ca- we will catch you all in 2017. Yep. See you on the flip side. Later. Thank you for listening to the Shattered Order podcast. Happy gaming, and may the force be with you.